Thank you. And Katie, <laughs> that was right on. Oh, you know, it's a lot different telling my story than being up here and preaching. And I had to really pray about this. But it's good because it's God's story. And I'm just the instrument that he has used. So I grew up in a pretty normal average family of four. My parents were married. They were actually married for 50 years. And um, I had the prayers and the examples set by my aunt and by my grandmother, um, who led a very Christian life. So I had them as the examples that would pray for me. I saw how they would do that. Um, I, went, I went to church as a young child. I went to Sunday school. I did the Easter programs, I did the Christmas programs, I even had the bus come and pick me up on Sunday mornings and, and take me to church. But it wasn't until those later teen years when I felt something more. There had to be something more. And I want to share just a part of my story tonight that taught me to trust and to wait and to trust some more and to give up some of that control. That one day would help me to trust him during the hardest time so far in my journey. I accepted Christ when I was around 17 or so, but it wasn't till my husband and I moved away in the military and we moved to a foreign country completely away from family and friends where I began to see a real relationship with God. See, God wanted more of me. I wasn't giving him all of myself at that time. I ended up being hospitalized with our second child, who um, I was continuously having asthma issues. I had never had asthma before I got to the island of Okinawa, okay? And I think part of it was pregnancy. But I had some major issues um, where I couldn't breathe, and I was on high doses of steroids, and I was uh, put in the hospital on oxygen. But it was in that hospital room where I cried out to God. I had never felt so alone. I was away from my family. But I asked him if somehow I could trust him. And if he could just help me through this and just watch over my son and make sure we had a safe delivery. It ended up being seven years. I was on steroids every single day at very high doses. I had a very pumpkin patch face. Very, and the issues just kept going on. They were a daily, daily issues. And I don't know why. It was just something my body didn't like and it was taking a very long time to go through. For all I knew, I was going to have breathing problems for the rest of my life. But I had to trust God that he would be with me no matter what. He was. Every time I made a hospital visit, there was a friend that would show up at the house to watch the kids. Um, There would be things delivered at our door. People would drop envelopes of money that I didn't know where they came from, but they would just show up when we were in desperate need. God was there coming to us in the form of friends. I don't remember what it was or how it came about, but there I was seeing a specialist for my lungs after seven years. 
Seven seems to be a number in my life as it was in the Bible. I don't know what God is doing, but there's a story right there I'm telling you. Um, but anyhow, I don't remember what it was, but I was seeing the specialist, and he did the tests, and he came back to me. You don't need to be on any of these medications. You're no longer showing signs of any sort of asthma, any lung issues. I believe you were being over-medicated. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Whatever it was, was no longer there. Thanks be to God. I was content to live with what I had, but I didn't have to anymore. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God and I were doing great. We were in sync. We were close, and I was excited to worship, to raise my kids in the church, excited that I had been healed from asthma after so many years, and something began working in my heart. This time, he was wanting more of me again. Walk with me in full-time ministry, he said. Lord, (laughs) I don't have time for this. I have three small children. I'm busy as a military spouse. I've already been through college. I've already done that. I don't want to add something else to my plate. I'm happy. I'm doing good. I just don't want to do it. A lot of putting off and ignoring was taking place on my part. God just wanted more of me. He wanted more of me to be obedient and to trust him. Just take a class and go from there. So I began taking one class at a time. I thought I was going to sink, literally. It was so much added. This was not for me, but God's voice was ever so present in my head. Just trust me. Just trust me. I was busy, life was good, almost too good. You know, when things are going well, really well, and you're kind of wondering, all right, what's going to fall apart now, right? Um, I was taking more classes. I was pursuing my district license. Well, about that time, I began to experience some vision problems, and I was feeling really run down. And my body began to feel like a rubber band. And I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't get my kids dressed for school or even see them off. This went on for weeks. No improvement. They began doing some more serious tests. I ended up having a lumbar test or a spinal tap, um, if some of you are familiar with that. Um, That was the most painful experience I ever had because they hit a nerve when they were doing the test, and I literally came off the table. Um, But then after that, um, the test ended up coming back inclusive because somebody at the lab had mishandled it, so they didn't have accurate results. All right, I wasn't happy. (laughs) I was not going to have that test redone. I told the doctor, you know what? We're just going to wait it out. Whatever is going on, we're going to wait and see what happens. September rolls around. The kids are back in school, and I'm taking more classes. Ministry is getting busy with all the holidays approaching. 
I end up losing vision out of my left eye. My left arm goes completely numb. The MRI of my brain shows lesions. In 2001, I had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. MS, I was numb. I was in shock. I couldn't get my head around it. My thought process and all I knew was a vision of me being in a wheelchair because that's what I saw. That's all I knew. Being pushed around by my husband and my kids, the images in my head, I just could not fathom. I went through all the normal stages of grief, you know, because my life was being turned literally upside down. We had to think differently. We had to plan for the future. We had to look at our housing. We had to figure out what we were going to do, what if. We had to plan for the what if. You know, there is no cure for MS. And you never know when you're going to have an issue. And at the time, it wasn't a matter of if it will happen, but when will it happen. And all the questions started rolling around in my head. So I ended up taking a year off of ministry to focus off my health and just my family. You know, and what do we do when we're in crisis? At least for me, I go to prayer and I go to the word of God. And I don't know, for me, I find strength and I find peace in that. And my time off, um, I did a lot of that. And I also did a lot of research and being proactive in what I was now being diagnosed with. Knowledge is power, right? And being in prayer and his word is power. But the two together is this combustion of power. And I couldn't change my circumstances. There wasn't anything I could do. Only God could do that if he chose to. But I asked myself, but why? Why should he change my circumstance? He had told me when I began ministry classes to trust him and just be obedient. Why would this change that? Right? Why not? Again, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future came back to me again, and it sunk in. Now, there were two things I could do. Well, perhaps there was three, but I um, didn't even question or doubt that God wouldn't be with me. I had no question. I knew he would. So that was never a thought. So my only two options were to trust him all the way with this disease, even if it meant I would never be healed, and two, to change my thought process and attitude. I was not going to be that Debbie Downer. (laughs) I know, I hate that one that said, but I was not going to be her. I chose to focus on what I currently had. My three children, my awesome husband, my faith, my relationship with God. I also chose to be more proactive with my disease and not let it be the only thing that defined me as a person. I also refused to allow it 
to be an excuse as to why I couldn't or shouldn't be able to do something. There was no way I was going to let that limit me just because I had that title. I knew God had called me as his child. I knew I was a wife, a mother, a daughter. There was no doubt. So I ended up being proactive. And I knew that he had called me to ministry to shepherd me to those who needed to be shepherded. I just needed to trust that. So my husband, he's a big part of my story. He was my quarterback. He would be the one to tell me if I was doing too much and help monitor my symptoms. I did need to create balance in my life. I got on board with treatments, which at the time was a shot in the leg. Let me tell you, I was, I'm terrified of shots to begin with, okay? I did them myself because I needed to have control of that. That was another issue I was dealing with. I was working through the control part, but it was part of the process. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Seven years, there's that seven again, of giving myself the shot, I began to develop severe anxiety to the point it would take me hours of just sitting there with a needle in my hand because it has to go through the leg and the muscle. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. One, two, three. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. One, two, three. Over and over again, I would try to push that needle into my leg. I said all the positive reasons why this was good. I gave myself all those positive pep talks. I couldn't get past that. Whatever that was, I was stuck. I knew God was with me. I knew he was my strength. But I was stuck. I had stopped giving myself injections because I became too anxious and physically sick over just trying to do it. My quarterback gave me my feedback. So I took the next possible solution to trust him to give me my injections, to trust my husband in giving me something I was terrified of. I didn't want to do it. I was like, no, I, I don't want you to. And he asked, do you trust me? That radiated with me. Was I seriously not trusting my husband to help me? He shouldn't have to do this for me. I don't want him to do this for me. I didn't want him to do it, but I couldn't do it. I needed him. I was putting myself at risk by not doing anything. My children were deeply concerned, and they were scared for me, and I heard all kinds of feedback from them as well. They saw the days I couldn't move or get up and the days I hurt. They saw when I wasn't doing well. I had to hand over the control to my soulmate, 
I had to allow him to poke a sharp needle into me. I had to trust God to work through my husband for me this time. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you even when your husband has to give you a shot. I had him practice on an orange many times. <laughs> and I had him read up several more times on exactly what to do. I had to trust with that first time he was to give me that. I cried before he even got close to me. I felt like I was letting him down by not trusting him. I had trusted him throughout our whole marriage, but not like this. This was something I was scared to death about. I wish I could say that my anxiety got better with him doing it, but it didn't. I didn't, the only thing that came out of it was I didn't have to sit down for hours and wait for the shot. It happened very quickly. But praise be to God for modern medicine. After two years of Kevin helping me, I now take a pill twice of a day. I was also told to have multiple sclerosis. I have it very well, okay? Meaning I don't have it to where it could be. My brain scans still show the lesions there, but the last time we checked, um, they had not increased any. And I don't have very many relapses at all to this day. Very, very few. Um, if I do, I don't think I even recognize it, to be quite honest. I do have my days when my body hurts, when my thoughts don't quite come together, and when I'm extremely exhausted, but I have it very well. <laughs> I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. My story with my health, I like to say, is the cross that I bear. It is the cross I hold on my back and carry for this life for now. Why? Who knows? As the Christian rapper KB says, infinite wisdom is not a part of my psyche. I do know that I can trust God in all things, not knowing the outcome. I do know I can trust my husband with everything. I do know that I have to give control to God, sometimes on a daily basis. I didn't say it was easy. Over the years, I had to wrestle with trust control over the health of my oldest daughter, not being able to do anything to help her, but trust and give control to God. But that is her story for her to tell one day. Most recently, this last year was the hardest one yet for me. I had to trust and give control to God. With my dad and with my ministry here at the church. It'll be a story I tell sometime down the road. because it's. Too, but I'm not going to tell it tonight. It's too fresh and I'm still working through it. But I will say that I have had many days opening up my hands and saying, Jesus, take my hand and just walk with me. And I've had many other days, Jesus, take both my hands and just walk with me. 
I trust my Lord and Savior. I do my very best to give him things back to him. Sometimes better than other days. <laughs> but I know going through my circumstance, he never has let me down. And he continues to remind me, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. May we pray. Heavenly Father, you are a good, good God. And I thank you for every woman here. Because each one of them has their own story that you are working within them. Whether they see it now or not, no matter what circumstance they are going through, you are with them. They are not alone. I pray, Lord, for each one of them. They, they will not be discouraged or terrified. That they will find courage within you. May they find strength within you. We love you in your name. Amen.